and welcome to Exploring Digital Spheres. Today we have a conversation between Hague researcher Jessica Schmeiss and Julia Hoja about the collection and monitoring of health data. Hoja is CEO of Zana, an AI-based health assistant available via app, wearables and a platform that can answer direct questions about health via voice or text input and that enables continuous monitoring of health factors by integrating wearables. Here is their conversation. Okay, so welcome. I am here today with Julia Hoxha uh, from Zana in our lovely office here in Berlin Mitte. And thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. Thank you, Jessica, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> thank you. And um, maybe to kick us off, uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your background is, why you actually came to my podcast? I'm <laughs> going to let you do the introduction to yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure. So uh, my name is Julia Hoja. Uh, I am a mother of two. I am a computer scientist, uh, Long career, uh, worked for many years in the university and academia, and now diving back to the entrepreneurial world, um, where I've uh, co-founded and I'm also the managing director of the startup Sana Technologies. The first thing that I would actually like to know from you is you're a computer scientist. So, yes. and the term artificial intelligence, AI, it's been all yeah. over the place. I That's know. <laughs> one reason you're on the podcast today. So can you explain maybe in your own words, what does yeah. the term artificial intelligence mean to you as a computer yeah. scientist and as an yeah. entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, very good question because, and it's, it's interesting how sometimes when I'm at different events and I, Uh, tell the, like investors or other interesting parties that we're also doing AI for healthcare. Sometimes you are, uh, you encounter this kind of skepticism. Oh, like everybody's doing AI. Are you also doing blockchain, by the way, and like uh, cryptocurrency <laughs> and you have all the package? Uh, so, uh, to me, AI is what we are witnessing more and more every day in the computers around us in a narrow technical perspective. These are the programs that absorb the information from the surroundings and also from their past experiences to make a decision for the future in conducting a task. However, what is more important and more general in my view is the ability of this technology, not just to simulate human intelligence, but also to leverage, most importantly, to leverage and to complement mm -hmm. our capabilities through their power to process uh, huge amounts of data, which the human mind is not able to do in, in a shorter time. And um, I think this is key, and this is what, to me, this technology means. And I've been working with it for a while now, since starting with my, uh, my PhD thesis, where I was using a lot of uh, machine learning and semantic technologies, bringing them into uh, uh, recommender systems for this, the diversification of recommendations. Mm -hmm. Maybe that leads to the next question. So obviously you had a career as a researcher also in a very up-to-date field and, you know, some yeah. very hot topics. So what was then your motivation to find, mm. to become an entrepreneur and found Zana yeah. and, you know, take everything that you had done in your research and into practice and bring it back basically to the economy? To the economy and to the market. So um, I have worked and um, yeah, experienced research and academia for a very long time. However, I 
see that deeply in me there is this latent, this um, hidden entrepreneurial side because this is actually not the first time that I'm an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. uh, kind of diving into the startup world. I um, co-founded my first company was, uh, when I was only 21. The company is still operating in in um, uh, in, in a country outside uh, Germany, and um, so and. Now and then, I've always kind of looked at initiatives to go back to people, to users with something that is very pragmatic, with a solution that you can put in the hands of thousands or potentially millions of, of, of users. So um, I'm still drawn to research and I uh, still uh, aim to supervise master theses and work with, with students in their research work. However, I'm I've always been looking for solutions that, as I mentioned, uh, touches the life of, of people in a more pragmatic, more practical way, in something that you can see the impact in a shorter time. And so this is, this was also one, uh, at least one of the motivations of starting, uh, the startup together with our co my co-founder, Armand Braha, who is also a key, uh, person in this, in this venture. And uh, maybe I can tell a little bit more yeah. what was the motivation behind uh, behind Zana, why why we wanted to start it. So, as uh, parents of children, we uh, go to the internet even more frequently, more often to look for health-related information, or even for ourselves. And um, this idea actually started back in 2014, even though we didn't really engage. Uh, um, right away in a more, uh, um, so to say, full-time uh, manner. Uh, however, we were looking at this um, gap or this um, challenge, so to say, in the solutions that were present by the time where you were overwhelmed with so much information that also has a little credibility. And we were always envisioning together, the two of us, these um intelligent assistant. Back then, chatbots actually were not a trend at all. Uh, they were not being used. They actually started uh, a couple of years later. However, at the time, we were envisioning um, an assistant that helps you to find health-related information that learns about you over time and gives you insights about your health that you have as a companion mm -hmm. by, the, by your side and not just as a solution that is, so to say, fire and forget. You just go online, search for something, and the machine forgets mm -hmm. um, uh, who you are, and uh, also to disrupt this technology with the way of how we interact with the machines, but using voice and natural language in order to communicate with machines, but especially for the health domain, because I truly believe that our health is one of the most important pillars of our lives and of our society. Mm -hmm. So you, both of you actually didn't came from the computer um, science side, right? Both, and it yeah. was like a personal motivation yeah. to go into healthcare. So you didn't have any previous No, we didn't experience. have any okay. previous experience with healthcare. However, at that time, I was also offered a, a position as a postdoctoral scientist at Columbia University in New York in the field of medical informatics. And of course, I searched and I was looking... Uh, so to say, um, on purpose with that kind of profile. And then, of course, I, I took that that um, that job and I, I worked for more than two years in medical informatics. And uh, I um, also used that experience to 
uh, gain more understanding of the uh, problems in healthcare or also of the ways that uh, medical knowledge bases are structured, mm-hmm. also always having uh, our startup and our, our idea on the background and kind of gaining more understanding and bringing it back to the yeah. product that we wanted to bring to the market. Wow, so that was a good cycle then that you basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> did a lot of research and then put it into um, your own startup. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, the type of technologies that you use um, for your product, but can you um, tell a little bit more detailed what type of AI right. technologies yeah. is it that you actually use? Like, and yeah. what kind of data do you use basically to well, feed this uh, yeah, the, 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 the product system the algorithm. Yeah. yeah, very good question. So our key innovation and the focus is on the conversational AI. So even though we are tailoring the product for a much broader scope in terms of remote monitoring of health mm-hmm. of patients, and I can tell you a little bit more about that, but in terms of technology, what we want to bring as a novel uh, and innovative uh, technology is the way that we interface with the applications on the devices, with the computer programs, and in our case, in an, um, a mobile application through natural language, through voice and text. And there is um, uh, quite a huge amount of tech that goes into developing a voice assistant as Zana, as we are doing uh, for the health uh, domain. And uh, we rely particularly particularly on uh, in-house technology that we have developed with the purpose of natural language understanding. Mm-hmm. So basically taking um, the information, what the user is saying, processing it, the text, so mm-hmm. to say, or from the voice, processing and making sense out of mm-hmm. it. What is the meaning? Uh, and so this is one part, the understanding of the natural language technology, and then Uh, there is also the dialogue management technology. Assuming that I understand what the user wants, um, then what do I do next? Mm-hmm. So basically, what would the system do next? So uh, then the, the, this is the technology that we are also building uh, with our team and, of course, take, um, bringing a lot of know-how and expertise from our previous uh, research work. And, of course, this also builds upon a foundation of um, quite a big knowledge base, medical knowledge base that we have also constructed over uh, the recent years and we have also we say it's semantically processed so we mm-hmm. process it so that the machines can understand better what this knowledge is about is it about disease symptoms anatomical mm-hmm. parts of the body uh, and so on and, and does it this, feed into basically what the machine then answers if you if i ask yes. it a question yes it so, probably has a certain database where yeah. it says oh yes this is what i need exactly to answer now. so the the knowledge base serves two purposes on one side exactly what you mentioned so uh, to come up with an answer a concise answer to the question and on the other side the knowledge base is also used to train the algorithm in order to understand what was the meaning of the question or of the request that the user made. So both uh, both these purposes. And this is a, a huge amount of, of time and efforts and investment that we have done together with our team of doctors as well as engineers uh, to process, to maintain this knowledge base and continuously invo- evolve it. Um, and of course, also relying on licensed medical sources. And the interesting part that also connects to these, to the technology that we are building and that we are applying is that the more 
users will use and will talk to the assistant, then we'll put them, so to say, in this learning cycle and we'll know even more over time to differentiate the meaning and to, to understand what the, uh, all the users are saying. So if it's a little bit more confined now with over time, these learning algorithms, this system will become more intelligent, so to say, and will, um, will make better decisions. Mm -hmm. In order to gain insights about our health or the health of patients, we are, what we're bringing as a novelty here, it's that we are combining two types of data. On one side, those that come through the interactions with Sana, with the assistant, um, in forms of patient-reported outcomes, mm -hmm. um, and we call them soft data mm -hmm. or patient-reported data. And we combine them with... Uh, automatically uh, um, gathered or collected data. And these come through different wearables or medical devices that we are able to interface with the assistant or to uh, to connect, so connected devices. And for these uh, wearables, we are now, in order to enrich the platform, we are cooperating also with different partners in order to leverage the kind of data that we can interface and we can connect to the system so that we're able to uh, learn about the users more about their health, but also to create an holistic and comprehensive profile. And of course, for these, we are not developing these devices ourselves, but we rely on these partners. So this is one of the yeah. key components that we have introduced in the recently in the okay. in the platform. That makes a lot of sense. So mm. essentially, if I understood it correctly, if I have like a Fitbit or something, I could essentially connect it to your to app, Zana. to Zana, and then yeah. it would read that information. So right now, this is also a a new development, we have introduced uh, our own health watch that you can uh, connect to Zana Assistant in order to gain understanding about the different data such as blood pressure, uh, heart rate, frequency, uh, um, activity and sleep patterns. And with the other partners, uh, the cooperation is mostly on medical devices which are already uh, certified. For example, they already have the C mark. And one example would be an ECG monitor where you can basically track um, ECG um, and it could be also a continuous or non-continuous monitor uh, of, um, of ECG or a th thermometer for basal temperature um, and we aim to enrich this even more. So in order to, as I said, to gain a more comprehensive mm -hmm. uh, understanding and, and continuous learning of, of the profile, of the health profile. Okay, so that's actually interesting. So it's not, you know, basically just tracking my steps and my no, no, heart rate or something, but it's actual medical devices. Medical devices. Okay. medical okay. devices because uh, our goal actually with this solution is to enable a continuous and real-time monitoring of chronically ill patients or patients after a cardiac surgery. So what we have additionally built uh, is a, a monitoring platform, a web-based monitor monitoring platform where healthcare providers or caregivers or uh, clinical researchers where they're doing, for example, monitoring of patients during during clinical trials, they can monitor patients in real time and proactively intervene when they are uh, they see uh, critical data entering the system, but also to take better measures in terms of uh, treatment uh, progress and uh, treatment adaptation. Mm -hmm. That actually funnels very nicely into my next question, which mm -hmm. was, um, if you would have to say in one sentence, what is, so, so to say, your value proposition? So mm -hmm. what kind of problem do you solve um, for your customers with your product? 
the care as we know it today it mostly is mostly episodic and we have to travel back to the healthcare provider in order to gain this care. And of course, this comes with its um, consequences such as high care costs on one side, but also lower quality of care or a lack of timely interventions. And this is one of the most important and critical problems that we are looking right now and that we want to tackle with such solution. How can we compensate for this discontinuum of care and build a bridge between the patients and the doctors? But it could also be for, let's say, healthier patients that also want to gain insights about their health all the time or just have some sporadic um, uh, unhealthy event, so to say. And how, so how to build this bridge so that we can extend then the medical oversight outside the walls of the healthcare providers through the technology that surrounds us. And in a way, we are not replacing the doctor, but we are bringing the doctors near to us and also helping them to uh, tailor uh, their healthcare offers, their healthcare services uh, better by knowing over time, continuously and in real time, how the patient uh, is doing also having a way to assess their treatment. And actually, this was also a problem that we just didn't come up ourselves, but we were explicitly told and um, or it was articulated by the doctors, by healthcare providers and th themselves, stating that they see these, um, yeah, these discontinuum, uh, as I mentioned, or this isolation once the patient leaves them and they were explicitly saying sometimes we don't know if the operation really worked or not. If after a year, you know, how is the patient doing? Is Are they healthy or not? And so in a way, it's also a way for them not only to have proactive care, but also to assess mm. the, the outcome of the treatment over time. Yeah. So um, it sounds like you're solving a very important issue um, yeah. that has not been addressed yet, but obviously it's a super regulated industry that you're tackling. How are you addressing that? This is an excellent question and, of course, a challenge in itself. It's not only a regulated industry, but I also have to admit that it's also setting that it requires a shift in paradigm or in the mindset of also healthcare providers, but uh, I would say less of patients because they're becoming more aware uh, of themselves and uh, willing to, to be tracked, uh, but especially of healthcare providers. And of course, also the regulations, quite regulated and especially in the DAC region where we also want to operate in the, in these, uh, as a first focus in, in the first years, um, everything is on its own place. And so if it's work, don't touch it, so to say. And we also see that healthcare in many respects has, uh, has remained outdated in many in many things. So when it, when it comes, for example, to monitoring of patients and their quality of life, in most of the cases, still paper-based questionnaires are used, and we want to replace this through these conversational conversational interfaces. Uh, so how are we dealing with that? Um, first of all, we are collaborating directly with the healthcare providers, with the clinics, uh, and finding ways to validate our solutions through um, a clinical trial, a clinical study. Um, and we already have agreements with two such clinics that uh, are willing to test 
the product with their own patients, uh, post-surgery cardiac patients. Um, and these would be uh, one of the directions, so to say, of the strategy in order to measure uh, quite accurately uh, KPIs, like indicators, how this solution uh, is working, how it is successful in the patient compliance in patient adherence, in the satisfaction of the doctors using it, so they're not overwhelmed, and of course, in the capability and its potential to reduce readmission rates. And so, in through this uh, first direction of the strategy, we believe that we can come with hard numbers to convince them that it's worth it because they will not only save money, but also the healthcare quality will improve. And this is one direction. The other direction is... Uh, by um, participating in programs that allow startups to interface or to connect uh, to corporate members, such as health insurance companies or um, healthcare providers and clinics. And they also give you a leverage not only to get in direct contact with them, but also to get some small fundings in terms of having pilot projects with them. And so we were also glad to, to get accepted into of this program. One of them, for example, a plug and play insure tech program that gives you access directly to uh, representatives of health insurance companies and this is a very good way to directly talk to these members and understand their needs, their pain points, but also to validate our value proposition and adapt, of course, adapt yeah. according to, to the needs and the demands. Yeah. So we talked a lot about uh, your product, your technology, how you came and how you're dealing with different issues. Do you have um, revenue mechanisms defined yet? So who, yes, like yeah. who in that ecosystem of multiple... Players, and players would actually pay in the yeah, end for the solution. Absolutely, yeah. We have to be very clear on that, also to target our our uh, uh, customer groups. Uh, so we are pursuing and investigating, so to say, both B two C and B two B models. So in the B two C model, uh, we just launched the Health Watch connected to Zana Assistant, and these is a way of for users to gain insights on their health, but also when also connected to the ECG and thermometer, they can share this data also with their caregiver, who could be a family member uh, far away, but also um, a healthcare provider like a doctor. And there would be a subscription model for that, Either a one-time fee for, for the device that they're buying, and then a subscription model for the monitoring platform. This is the B2C, B2C approach. In the B2B approach, we are targeting two customer groups. The first customer group are the uh, clinics. Our market entry is with the, uh, with, uh, especially with the private clinics that have more flexibility also in terms of uh, budget and, and regulation. Um, and the other customer group are the healthcare insurance uh, companies. Mm -hmm. And this is why I mentioned also these, those programs where we are participating are also a good bridge to uh, validate our proposition and, and tailor upon. So these are the yeah. two models uh, that we, uh, we are envisioning and we are exploiting. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that was actually um, everything I wanted to ask. Is there anything you want to add that maybe we didn't touch upon anything um, 
you want to say and uh, maybe mm -hmm. maybe if you can give me um like a few sentences on what your vision is for the healthcare sector like if, ah, yeah like being a computer scientist <laughs> really deep into research and knowing what is possible like yeah. what is your vision what would you say yeah. in 10 years from now if it were up to you what yeah. would it look like so The, the capacity of bringing the technology and the benefit of societies and the hands of people is one of the greatest motivation for us as founders. However, we picked, so to say, health as um, a very critical, significant component of our life. And of course, um, for me, as, as, as a person in general, but also as, as a computer scientist, there is this vision and wish that the more AI applications are integrated into medicine and the healthcare, the more services, uh, higher quality of care, and also economically efficient care will have in um, offered for millions and millions of people who don't necessarily have it right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. Those were um, all my questions. There will be um, a blog post in addition to this. So um, to any listener, feel free to check that out, um, which will describe a little bit more also about the company and about the business model. And um, with that, I hope to hear you next time. And thank you so much, Julia, for joining me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. That were Jessica Schmeiss and Julia Hoja. More on their research you can find in the notes of the show. For other events and research projects organized by the Humboldt Institute for Internet and Society, visit hiig.de. As always, if you enjoyed the episode and you find yourself 20 minutes wiser about the internet, don't forget to leave us a rating or comment on iTunes. For now, this was Exploring Digital Spheres. Catch you on the flip side.